This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. How's it going, everyone? In this episode, we have the amazing Kathleen Smith. We talk about events, we talk about recruiting, we talk about looking for new jobs, especially in the current environment like it is today. Be sure to check out this episode. It has so many amazing tips and tricks for folks that are looking for new roles. And if you appreciate the stuff that we're putting out and you really appreciate this episode, be sure to check out our website. It has so many more episodes, hackervalley.studio. And as always, please support us on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio. Let's get right to the episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley Studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. Still sheltered in place. But while we're sheltered in place, we have a, a great guest today, Kathleen Smith, Chief Outreach Officer at ClearJobs.net, and also Cleared Outreach Officer at CybersecJobs.com. Really excited to have you on the show. We're you know always amazed by your background, the things that you're doing with the community. But I'll let us touch on that when we dive into the conversation. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. It's so great to be here, Ron and Chris. Thanks for making time for me. I feel like this show has been such a long time coming. We've been trying <laughs> to figure out schedules and, you know, even that first initial meeting with you and I, like that took <laughs> so long. There was like so many things that have gone wrong, but we persevered. We made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we finally got you here. Well, as my father says, patience and persistence are the two main skills that are components of success. So it's just sticking with it. I think that's beautiful advice because I think that's exactly how champions are made. You have to have patience because it's not all going to come overnight. And being persistent, those incremental improvements is, is how you become the best. So I, mm -hmm. I think that's wise, wise words. <laughs> Thank you. And it's it's fun that... We all thought we were going to be talking about one thing, and we're still going to be talking about that, but we now have a new twist on it, given that we're all sheltering in place. Yeah, huge right. twist. You know, why don't, for folks that don't exactly know who you are just yet, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and, and what you do today? Sounds great. So as you mentioned in the beginning, my title is Chief Outreach Officer for two job boards. One is clearjobs.net and the other is cybersecjobs.com. And in addition to job boards, we also do career events. So I've been doing events for about 25 years. And in my exploration of marketing strategies, I always get involved on the grass, you know, ground level of what's going on in the community. So for the last Eight years or so, I've been involved in the hacker community, bringing my expertise of producing events to various different conferences around the country and actually advising a few in Australia and Europe. I currently am running the career tracks for six to seven different B-sides, everything wow. from B-side San Antonio, B-sides Charm, helping out with Tampa, Augusta, Nova, San Diego. Uh, most recently ran the Career Village for B-side San Francisco. I'm also the producer, director, lead, and, you know, 
all around, um, what do you call it? The ringmaster is my title over at B-Sides Las Vegas for Higher Ground, which is the two-day career track, career fair that we have inside of B-Sides Las Vegas. And I'm currently talking with people with that other very large conference in Vegas about helping them with their career village as well. So it's really exciting for me to be among the community and be able to really give back. And it's been extremely rewarding, but it's also given me some special insight to career development and career search within the community. So it sounds like you don't really do much. No, not at all. <laughs> wow. What, a, what an amazing role you have doing events, looking at recruiting, things like that, just pe- being in the, in the community. With all this stuff that's kind of going on with, with COVID, you know, a lot of people are moving to online things. What, what are some of the things that you are doing for events? So what's fascinating to me is I learned so much from the volunteer conferences that are in the community, everything from GERCON to DEFCON to small hacker groups, that we have just an amazing asset within the community of these conferences and all of the talented people who produce them, who sort of get out of their comfort zone and produce these events. And you know, anytime you look at the conference schedule, it's just jam-packed. I mean, we are jam-packed from January 1 all the way through until December with hundreds of different events that we can go to, various different sizes, various different tracks, various different activities. And in March, what was interesting was we had, I was involved with B-Side San Francisco that was at the end of February Besides San Diego, that was at the beginning of March, and also uh, planning to speak and do resume review at Wild West Hacking Fest. And in California, as we all know, that's when things started to really go south with COVID. And I was part of, not part of, but an observer as watching Wild West Hacking Fest move from offline to online. And from a person with an event background, I was just impressed with John and Jason and Velda and the entire team of how quickly they communicated with everyone, how quickly they came up with a different option, came up with several different options, and then really enjoyed watching their video afterwards where they just shared their knowledge, you know, here, here community, take it all. Sadly, uh, due to personal circumstances, I could not participate As many people know, I lost my mother at the end of February, and while I'm normally someone who says I'm just not going to feel my personal feelings and soldier on, I really took care of myself and said, yes, I I need to back away for a little while. I'm really glad I did. It's a much more healthier choice, and a lot of people don't do that. What I am fascinated with is in the community, the pivoting from Offline to online, you know, Leslie Hacks for Pancakes, just pulling together an amazing Pancakes Con within a few days, pulling it together. And, you know, that is where the heart is of our community. People just want to reach out. They want to help. They want to fix problems. So I'm having a great time mentoring several of the conferences as they first go through the decision of, 
we're just going to cancel. And I think that my role has been cheerleader to say, okay, I know it's more comfortable at this point to close it all up and put your head in the sand and not head in the sand, but just sort of back away from doing something new because we're all tired of putting on conferences and it's, we love doing them, but they can be extremely exhausting as we found in, in one of the surveys we did. But it's great that Jason and John from Black Hills are being very forthcoming with their expertise and sharing licenses with everyone. They're uh, reaching out to the community. And I think that this is something that we can touch on a little bit later. Again, skills development, fixing problems, taking the initiative. Those are skills that new employers or current employers really want to know about. But we as a community are not really good at sharing that with people outside the community. People know we're really good at things because they follow our Twitter feed or they see what we do on GitHub. But we don't really explain that to people outside the community. So I'm very happy that several of the conferences that I was planning to do on the ground career tracks with have all pivoted to doing online career tracks. We're going to be able to bring in some good speakers and I just have to figure out how to do resume review <laughs> online, which I know we'll figure out a way, but I'm trying to keep it in uh, with privacy and security. So right. learning new things every day. That That's very fascinating, you know, looking at what's going on with conferences and pivoting from being offline to online. I know for me, if I was in the job market right now looking for a new job or new opportunity, conference is definitely a place where I like to go and network and communicate with individuals. What are you seeing from your perspective kind of pivoting from offline to online networking at these conferences? Are you seeing anything done there by the attendees or what is what is your perspective of pivoting in that, that aspect? I think that um, when we look at some of the surveys that we did on community volunteering, we saw that you know more than 95% of the respondents said that they believe volunteering for one of the conferences really helps with their networking and their social skills. And I would really say if you have an opportunity to volunteer online to be part of these conferences, it will really help you work on your networking skills. The reason you need to work on those is we're very familiar with communicating with our colleagues, our buddies, our friends, they understand our short term. They understand they are, you know, sort of the way we talk in acronyms and such. But online communication is going to become so much more important as we're doing networking to find jobs and being able to communicate clearly and get your point across and not offend somebody is something you're going to have to work on even harder. And if you don't have a place to exercise those skills, you're probably going to get a little stale. So some of the things that people have found in offline volunteering is really working on their communication skills, really understanding that someone else might not be able to read your mind and you have to be a lot more succinct in the way you explain ideas and to be upfront with someone that you don't understand them. So 
when we were looking at the you know skills that people found when they were volunteering, 75% said their communication skills just improved dramatically. They also said, you know, they were better at teamwork by 81%. Just by volunteering. Just by volunteering. Because you have to understand, you get out of your routine. You get out of the same kind of conversations you have all the time. So even volunteering online, which a lot of people think, when you're volunteering in the community, it's I'm there at the conference or I'm there in person meetings. Well, most of the conferences have monthly meetings. They have Slack channels. They have Discord channels. They're emailing. They're chatting. So they're already working on their communication skills, written and verbal, uh, well before the face-to-face. So a lot of the most important skills that come from volunteering are teamwork, organization, planning, and communication. And when you look at any of the talent surveys as far as what are the non-technical skills that employers are looking for, there's almost an exact match. How can you be a good leader? How can you be a good planner? How can you be a good communicator? And you're not necessarily going to get the opportunities to work on those skills in your day-to-day job. So I have a great follow-up question for you then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone listening is probably thinking to themselves, like, what if I'm looking for a job, I want to stand out, and I want to go to the next level? Uh, Looking at that list, what would you prescribe to someone kind of if they came at you with those three requirements, looking for a job, wanting to stand out and go to the next level in today's market with all that's going on right now? One, it's definitely research, because when we did one of our other studies on looking at people who, you know, what were all the challenges, we found what was interesting is that many people did not know what companies hired for their skill set. So we all have a list of companies in our mind of who we want to work for, but do they really hire for our skill set? The other big one is one of the top two job search trouble areas for people right now is determining the next step in their career. And this is a place where the career coaching and career mentoring that we run at several of the B-sides and other conferences is really sitting down with somebody outside of your normal network and someone who has... 10 to 15 years experience and has done a variety of different roles and different industries, asking those people for any kind of mentoring as far as what is the next step. It's really easy right now to reach out to your buddies and say, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being a pen tester. What do you think I should do next? And they're going to sit around they're going to give you something that's going to be very comfortable as far as what to do next rather than clearly outlining what the next step is. So there's Mentoring Mondays. There are definitely a lot of resources on Twitter and online on helping you decide what the next step is. To your initial question as to how do you stand out, if you've done volunteering, if you've done even volunteering leading a chat group, something like that, the leadership skills, the organization, the planning, be sure that you're 
writing about that in your LinkedIn profile and in your resume. Don't, you know, list, you know, I do 26 chats a year and I take care of, you know, 6,000 different conversations. Lay it out in business terms. Lay it out in, I had an idea, I produced it, I curate this. Really, how is it going to add value in addition to the other skills that you're bringing to the employer? How do you stand out? It's better networking. Right now, it's finding the recruiters who are going to be hiring for the jobs that you're interested in. I'm fascinated that recruiter is basically not a great term within our community. And we're very good at bashing recruiters and we're very good at saying how they're stupid and they don't understand what they're doing. When you realize that most of the recruiters in our space not only recruit for our jobs, but they also recruit for an admin or a salesperson. You know, they have to pivot on a daily basis. What am I hiring for now? And this is why I really like bringing in direct recruiters into the career tracks and having them sit down beside and next to any of the candidates in the community. And I really look at it as reverse education, whereas the job seeker is getting critiques on their resume, but then the recruiter is understanding better about what happens on a resume. So that's another way to stand out. Definitely network with the recruiters that um, have reached out to you. Now, obviously, there are going to be a good number of them that don't know what they're doing, and they're pretty rude. But every now and then, you're going to find a recruiter that you have a really good conversation with. And it's really up to you to maintain a relationship with them, to network with them, to follow up with them, and ask them their recommendations on your resume. It, it's interesting when we looked at the survey, more than 73% of the job seekers wanted to work with a direct recruiter rather than a staffing firm or a headhunter. So it's up to you as a candidate to find the recruiters who are going to be hiring you for the jobs you want and then starting to build the network with them. The other ways to stand out is really make sure that you're not going down the rabbit hole as far as social media is concerned because it will follow you into your job search. So if you're going to get into someone with someone on a political conversation or something that is not suitable for work, please be sure it's in a private channel and not in a public one, because the good recruiters in this space will find that and it's not going to look good on you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great, great advice and even great points about recruiters and that being their, their skill set. They are recruiters. They're not cybersecurity professionals that stay up to date on the latest technologies because they're looking at recruiting for other things, like you said. One thing that I wanted to ask you about is because we are now, we're obviously in a digital age, but even more so now we're communicating through our computers. We're doing the chats like you were talking about earlier. What are some tactical things that people need to be cognizant of when they're speaking through chat when they're speaking through email when they're you know sending over their resume because now you're missing that body language component those nonverbals no longer apply in those mediums what, what would you offer to those folks that are looking for a job and need to hone those skills so definitely 
look at some of the programs like Grammarly when you're sending out any kind of email or chat, specifically when you're sending an email. Whenever you're sending an email as a follow-up or an inquiry to a recruiter, read the email to yourself backwards just so that you can catch if you made any typos or the words are out of order because we always see what we think we should be seeing and then later all of a sudden there's a typo or something like that. Email communication, chat communication is going to be so much more important and if you're trying to sell someone that you're detailed man, you're detail oriented, but your communications have punctuation problems or you you can't, you know, present your idea in the email, that's that's not going to be a logical fit. Understand that your most of your onboarding, most of your interviewing, your conversations with your hiring managers those are more than likely all going to be video at this point, at least for the next two or three months. So if you're in a household with a number of children or with a spouse, I liked it. I was on a virtual happy hour the other day, and this couple has a big sign in their kitchen that says, pants are required from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to be in the middle of an interview and have your spouse walk through in their, their bathrobe. It's also setting up boundaries. If you do have a very important interview coming up, have a conversation with the family and say, you know, I'm in an interview. Can we just sort of agree everyone's going to be someplace else from one to two or no one's going to be running behind me in the dining room? You can also use a virtual background, but you know, understanding that you have to be very clear with your family members and your roommates and your cat and your dog that, you know, video interviewing is going on. But what's nice is more and more hiring managers and recruiters are understanding what's going on right now. And they totally understand if a delivery happens in the middle of an interview and the dog starts barking and you just say, I'm really sorry, can give me two seconds. You know, we're the recruiters are being much more patient. I think finally, it's really understanding how important your resume is going to be at this point. Before, as you said, we could present our resume, we could present ourselves, and there could be body language, and you know, you could you could really get your point across. But your resume is really about getting the initial phone call. It is not your full, you know, life story. And I have done so much resume reviewing in this community over the last few years, and I can honestly tell you that I rarely see a good resume. The challenge we're running into is, again, buddies are, re are reading your resume and they totally understand it and they think it looks great and they get what you're trying to talk about. But they're not a recruiter. They're not looking at it through the recruiter lens as far as what is important to a recruiter to see the key skill sets, key certifications, backgrounds that they need to fill the job. So understanding that there is a different way to write the resume, to really understand that you need to get your point across within the first three to five bullet points in the top of the resume. Understanding that you need to talk about it from a business sense. And I always find when I'm reading somebody's resume, they're basically cut and pasting from what they used to do as a job. 
they're not talking about what they're successful at and what they really enjoy doing. And I am amazed when I was at uh, Circle City Con, I walked someone through, I had them tell me what their resume was all about. And they constantly talk about leadership and management and workforce. And I said, you really like being a manager, don't you? And he said, I love it. And I said, then why aren't you talking about in your resume how much you enjoy managing teams and problem solving? All you're doing is you know, reiterating here the, skill, the technical skills you have. You're very valuable because you're someone who understands tech, but then you also enjoy managing teams. It's You light up when you explain this to me. So I don't think people understand it's okay to share what makes you happy in your resume, what you're going to be excited about to do rather than I'm just going to put in a lot of information that's going to get me a job possibly. That's that's actually a really good point. And I, I've, from my experience being a manager, I've seen resumes that look like they've been kind of, uh, it's almost like a progression of their experience in writing resumes. You look towards the bottom and it's really old, poor sentences that and poor bullet points. But you look at the newer experience, it might be shiny with all the bells and whistles. And I also see sometimes people go through the route of hiring someone to build their resume for them. And I've actually seen the person that was hired on multiple resumes, like just the same wording, same type of mm-hmm. bullet points. With the stakes being higher now for switching jobs, from your perspective, are you seeing just as many candidates look for opportunities right now? And from your perspective, are the stakes higher when it comes to switching jobs today? Like, is there risks that you see or advantages that you're seeing for the next two to three months? So one, I'm glad you brought up, you know, that you saw the same content on resumes that people got hired someone. Please, please, please don't hire someone to write your resume. And, you know, if, if you end up working for a staffing firm, please be sure if you work with them that you see the resume before it goes to the client because they may change the way your resume is written. So, you know, your resume is your personality and your experience. You, you hold on to it. Are the stakes higher? It's interesting. We have more people who are in the workforce right now looking for a job for one reason, for a lot of reasons. One, there have been some big layoffs. Two, we have a lot of people who are normally not uh, working from home, working from home. So they're doing a lot of job, a lot more job searching. I think a lot of people are changing their mind about sort of the career tracks based on which industry they think is going to come out of this, the big winner. And I know that the healthcare industry was really having, uh, always has a hard time finding healthcare workers, but they were even having more of a difficulty finding people to work in the security area. So I really hope that more people are going to look at healthcare as an industry as far as information security is concerned. There are so many other industries that were never looked at as being sexy, and now people are realizing how important they are to the overall security and safety of our country. I'm sort of channeling, you know, clearjobs.net here, but, you know, 
security of our energy grid, security of our, our food chain, all of those are things that we now have a new awareness of them as careers. And I think that this is, I would really hope that this would be a spur to push people out of their comfort zone and go on LinkedIn, go on Twitter, go on Facebook, look at those companies outside of the normal realm of, you know, the rapid sevens or the, you know, anyone who's in that security field and say, I wonder if I could really put my skills to helping, you know, hospitals or helping, you know, agriculture or helping the energy grid, you know, really expand your mind as far as where you can work and realize if you're going to do that, one, you have my thanks. But two, when you're dealing with the recruiters in that space, realize they haven't had the same training in how to review information security and cybersecurity resumes. So be more patient with them, but understand you will receive many, many rewards for working with them. I love that. That That's great. What what are the the opportunities that you found for like the the jobs that weren't so sexy in the past that could be looking pretty good right now with all that's going on? Well, one that's always been my sort of personal favorite has been all of our energy labs. So, I'm a military spouse and I'm always I always have a special place in my heart for the military specifically transitioning veterans. And I looked at many of the energy labs, Los Alamos, Pacific Northwest, Oak Ridge, any of the research labs, energy labs that are on the forefront of establishing physical and information security, best practices, guidelines, and protocols. I'm, I personally have 46 solar panels on my house. I've always been more interested in, in being prepared and being sustainable. So, yes, I did have a, a six-month supply of toilet paper. And, yeah, I'm not letting you know where I live. But I, I think that when I think of our overall safety as a country, I really look at our energy grid. And it it. I think I've only found one person to accept my challenge in the last three years to combine their physical uh, security and their information security background and actually move to Richland, Washington to go work at the Pacific Northwest Labs. And they're thrilled because the, the labs are thrilled and the person was thrilled because they never thought in their wildest dreams could they combine their two loves of physical and information security. I think that another wonderful example that I saw was when we were leading a workshop about three years ago. And I'm in Washington, D.C., and we have several financial institutions, some of them quasi-federal. And there was someone in the room who said, well, I've been working in a financial institution for over 17 years, and I love where I work but I'm at the end of my road as far as my career progression. And his manager came to him and said, we need someone with your experience, understanding our markets, understanding our business model and understanding our regulations to be part of the security team. 
And the person said, I, I know nothing about technology other than turning on my computer. And the employer said, we're going to pay for all of your certifications and all of your education if you want it. So this person was just here, part of our workshop, exploring the career, exploring cybersecurity, information security, and then was given some time to ponder if this is what they wanted to do. So if you have experience in another field, I think it's really fascinating to apply. I, When I was at Circle City Con, so many people came to me with their resumes and they all knew the ga- uh, gaming industry and they knew gambling and the regulations and they all wanted to get out of it. And I, I basically begged them. I said, please don't. You understand security and the gambling industry and gambling regulations. You've probably saved hundreds of thousands of jobs by doing your job and making sure the breaches that happened didn't become public and didn't put certain casinos out of business. So please stay in that industry and just apply your business and regulatory information, you know, acumen to your career. And they're like, oh, we never thought of it that way. And I sometimes I just sit there and I shake my head and I'm like, it's not that hard. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it sounds like you've done a lot of fact finding. You've done a lot of research. You've sent out surveys. From your surveys, what was perhaps the number one surprising finding that you've found in your research? Oh, Lord. I think that... I have a few. So the first is one that I sort of knew, but I didn't think was going to bother me as much as it did, which is in the volunteering survey, we said we found that over 50% of the participants found volunteering stressful. And they outlined that to be physical stress from lifting boxes to anxiety to just overall personal stress. However, that same group, 98% said that they found volunteering very fulfilling. So we don't have many things in our life that fulfill us, namely our work. And if you can't find fulfillment at work, definitely find it in volunteering. The other was 94% of the survey respondents felt that their volunteer work had a positive impact on the industry. And this was just, just a wonderful stat to see because our industry tends to talk about our negatives. We talk about our burnout. We talk about our mental health issues. We talk about attacks and breaches. We talk about a whole lot of negative stuff, but to understand that the individuals within the community, not the companies, the individuals in the community feel that they can have a positive impact on the overall industry just warms my heart. I just, we do not see that in any other community and we have it as a wonderful treasure in ours. Wow. Kathleen, thank you so much for taking the time to to hop on this with us. I think this is going to be really great for a lot of folks that are, you know, curious about what's next for them. 
curious mm -hmm. of how to navigate uncertainty in this time. So what are some ways that people can stay in touch with you, stay in touch with the initiatives that you have going on, the organizations you're a part of? What are some ways people can do that? So definitely follow me on Twitter. Yes, it's Kathleen. A lot of people want to know how they can be involved in volunteering at a conference or submitting a talk to a conference. So any of the conferences that I follow, which is hundreds of them, anytime they put out the call of volunteers or call for proposals, I always retweet that. More than happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. It's Kathleen E. Smith. And if you're interested in finding a job in the security cleared space, please check out my website at clearedjobs.net. Or if you have cybersecurity experience, my other job board is cybersecjobs.com. Fantastic. All right. Great. So thank you so much again for coming on and we'll see everybody in the next one. Sounds great. Thank you.